Good evening, Patriots. And it is Sunday, May 15th in the year 2022. I hope you all had a blessed weekend. Had some technical problems starting tonight with the uh, loading on the Podbean. Who knows what's going on? But we're in that sort of weird time these days, so everything is expected. Everything is possible. You really have to just prepare for all situations because that's about what's going on. Before we begin tonight, let's talk about your sleep and make sure you're getting good sleep. So let's hear a message from Mike Lindell, the home of MyPillow and the place to get the best sleep part products currently on the market. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a dream sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's mypillow.com forward slash bards. And you can get amazing savings, not only with the buy one, get one free, which is the big deal going on right now, but as well as other great savings across the whole site. And your promo code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And with that promo code, you shall unlock the world of happy sleep and many more things for your home. And if you want to speak to a real person, call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Use your promo code BARDS, and there you will get a Patriot Pillow Counselor that will lock you in with everything you need, and you will not be disappointed. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS, promo code BARDS. Well, Patriots, I'm going to start tonight. We have some interesting stuff going on, and let's just start with the update on the blood moon, which I think for the Luciferians is like sacrifice time or something crazy like that. Take a listen to this. Look up to the sky this weekend as a lunar eclipse turns the moon red. This is all going to happen late Sunday night, May 15th, and it's going to be visible across most of the United States unless there's cloud cover. The eclipse is going to begin around 930 p.m. Central Time when the shadow of the Earth starts to pass onto the moon. By 10.30 p.m. Central Time, we'll start to see the moon turn red, and we're going to reach peak eclipse around 11.11 p.m. Central Time. So that's the time to go outside and take a look. But the moon is going to appear some shade of red from about 10.30 to 12.30 a.m., so you've got plenty of time to head outside and take a look. Hey, so why I'm thinking about it, because I know some people have cloudy cloud coverage out there, which reminds me of something else, but just to finish that off, and then I'll jump to the next thing, blood moon, which I don't know how many amazing blood moons have we had seriously since president trump came to power that's crazy we've had way more than i've ever seen in my entire life we're in some weird times here and of course for the luciferians they all think that this is a time to like kill children or do something horrible like that drink blood or eat bats or something i don't know what they do they're just those people they are just literally like twisted beyond their mind hey before i um forget our great mod who is on our, uh, obviously, paper bag patriot, who's from Canada. 
She made an awesome post today in our Bard's family room on Telegram. And it is really eye-opening, and it has to do with the science of using vinegar, white vinegar, in high concentrations and letting it evaporate on your property and then how that is actually dissolving a lot of these alkaline-based metal particulates that are coming out of the, these uh, chemical springs of the sky. And if, and if you're one of those that's like, there's no such thing as chem spring, I'm just going to tell you, you're ty- I think you're getting close to having to take the red pill suppository, and we will gladly slam it in because that's already been admitted by Congress that they've been geoengineering. And if you're one of their those people that are still like in there in that world where you're believing that there's climate change. <laughs> Sorry. Did I laugh? Did I insult you? Good. Because it's not. It's not climate change. It's man-made climate change so that you nanobrains will believe it and then go along with whatever fascist agenda they have. So anyway, that kind of took me off a little bit of a rabbit hole. It's a little bit of sideline there. But anyway, Paper Bag Patriot did an awesome post, and it's in it's in the Bards FM family room. And it has to do with this idea that if you take high concentrations of white vinegar, which you can, more than what you get, the, the uh, normal stuff you get for the kitchen is 5% to 95% water. And so they recommend boiling it down in half, which would probably double your concentration. You can buy higher concentrations. And according to the research being done on this, this is kind of like grassroots research, really cool stuff. And I'm not going to articulate everything Paper Bag Patriot did or wrote because she actually has a really awesome science background that I don't have, and she could get into all the details. But essentially what's happening is you're putting in these you're putting the vinegar out on your property and it's evaporating into the air and therefore it is dissolving a lot of this stuff. And I know for some people are going to shake their head and go, this is impossible. Whatever, try it. Because the claim is that it it will, you can span about 10 miles distance above your house. So I just say like, go get some vinegar. If you get 5%, boil it down in half, stick it in some dark pots outside so that they evaporate. You'll need about two liters of it. Keep them filled as they evaporate and let see what happens. They claim that it, it'll affect like 10 miles of area above your house. I'm good with that. I'm going to try it. What the heck? Nothing else. I'll just make the backyard smell like pickles. <laughs> but that's okay, too. So anyway, give it a shot. It's worth a try because this is how I see it. God gave us everything we need to conquer this evil. We just have to start reaching and using what God gave us in creative ways. And this, I love stuff like this because it's like, what's it going to cost you? Yeah, about a gallon of vinegar, which is like what? Well, when the dollar was strong, that was probably about $2. Today is probably 10 because the Biden dollar is not buying anything anymore. But anyway, give it a shot. It's worth a try. Definitely worth a try. Okay, so we're going to do a bunch of stuff tonight. I've just got a whole bunch of topics I wanted to cover because it kind of sets up the week coming at us this week. And um, then we'll obviously always close with a wonderful prayer. And we'll tie all this into God anyway because it's all about God. And don't forget, and anytime I'm doing all this stuff, just keep in mind, from my perspective, all of this news is relevant in the sense of understanding the world that's out here so that we can kind of keep our eyes on the good and the guys on the crazy. 
and always anchor ourselves with Jesus. So I'm good with that. That's good. Hey, um, this is a great quote that I came across today, which is absolutely spot on. Control your emotions or be consumed by them. Simple. And that's right out of like the best of the best. We're in a war right now. If you didn't know, and if, if, you, if you're new to the channel and you're like, what? We're in a war? Go back to episode one because that's only about 1,400 episodes ago I began that conversation. So just so you can catch up, it's all good. And we're happy to have you if you're new to the channel. Um, we're in a war right now. And that is literally a force that is trying to crush us all. And we're into some pretty interesting, dramatic plays right now. Um, on the 22nd of this month, they're going to vote to take away our sovereignty. And if you think that that's not going to happen, I'll put it this way. I'm, my bets are on they're going to do it. And if they don't, I'll happily concede failure because these people are desperate right now. A lot is happening and it's unraveling faster than they can control. So the only means they have of control is that the corporate masters of this world, at least they think they are, are just going to decide on their own that, uh, by the way, guess what? We're going to take away your sovereignty, and you're not going to say have anything to say about it, which is going to lead to a lot of crazy times and a lot of triggered people on both sides. So buckle up because it's going to get real, more real than it currently is. And, of course, we've had the – whole series of mass shootings this weekend, which in an interesting post I read today, there was a suggestion, of course, this is unconfirmed, but nothing surprises me anymore. The reference was to the fact that this is a 5G injection-related process, Internet of Things and injection vaccine-related process. I don't doubt that. We've been saying this all along that we're seeing all these mass shootings cropped up out of nowhere and they aren't just random. And the more we dig into them, they're never just random. Just so we're clear. I mean, here, here's a, a look at the sh two shootings. One is the Buffalo shooting and an, one that was a while ago. And of course, I think today we had yet another one. I think there ended up in the weekend, five or six shootings. One was in Dallas, didn't go reported at all. And it didn't go reported because it was run by, a black man. There was one today, I believe, in the church in California. And then I think there were four yesterday. And I might, I've kind of lost track of them. And I, I don't mean to be insensitive, but I'm just shaking my head going, what next? You know, but here, take a listen to this. This is interesting. For the second month in a row, we've had two racially motivated shootings, one in a subway targeting Asian people and the other targeting black folks at a supermarket. Both shooters have pled not guilty for the attacks. Hmm. Both attackers posted it online that they were going to carry the attack out. Both attackers were on a watch list. Both attackers had communicated great disdain for the other races, and both attackers were both deemed mentally unstable. Both attackers chose New York City, who has the strictest gun laws in America, to do their attacks, knowing that the likelihood of somebody else being armed was very slim. And both occurred immediately after Joe Biden started talking about gun control. There is, however, one little difference in how they describe the shooters. If we look back to the New York subway shooting, a day after this was posted, they said that the man, Frank R. James, 62, is identified as the shooter. And then they say the named person of interest connected to the shooting. 
Let's see how they talk about the Buffalo shooter. So right at the beginning of the article, 10 people were killed in a racially motivated mass shooting. Oof, a little different tone than the other guy. Uh, the shooting occurred Saturday afternoon, and the suspect in the shooting is a white man. You got to make sure you know that. Where it starts to become even more peculiar is how often the FBI knows of eventual mass shooters. Uh, for example, in 2009, the Fort Hood shooter killed 13 people, was known to the FBI. The Boston Marathon bombers of 2013 killed three and injured 264 were known by the FBI. Pulse nightclub shooter who killed 49 people and wounded 53 more was known by the FBI. All were known by the FBI and had several interviews by the FBI before they went on their killing sprees. The FBI had also been warned numerous times about the Parkland, Florida school shooter. Uh, he killed 17 and injured more uh, in 2018. So question is, why is this happening? And why is the timing so beautiful? That's pretty crazy, isn't it? And we always know that the FBI is somehow involved. Mm, strange. I'm sure, that's just a coincidence completely. But what is going on tomorrow? And why would all this be happening? And this is one of an interesting one because we've all been wondering, you know, what is Durham? What is he? What, where is he? What is this really real? And I, I'm gonna. I've been one. I mean, I keep a. a skeptic eye on most things, especially since we have no idea what Durham is or isn't. I think we've seen like one, maybe two pictures of the man. And it's not that I've doubted it, but it it's just kind of like, okay, your promises, promises. But fact of the matter is that what begins tomorrow, the Durham trial, check this out. Probe cash. Let me turn now to this trial tomorrow of Michael Sussman. Give us your expectations and how you believe uh, John Durham is conducting this investigation. Hey, Maria, great to be with you. And look, as a former national security prosecutor, I think John Durham is doing the most methodical prosecution I've seen in recent history. And like we did when Devin and I ran the Russiagate hoax, the best way to convict a target of an investigation, especially of a crime, is with their own documentation. It's to follow the money. John Durham followed the money and connected the Clinton campaign with the lawyers, with the Fusion GPS and the FBI. But what he's also done, just revealed last week that he's going to put on display, are the notes from the FBI themselves. And I want to pause here. These notes were subpoenaed by Chairman Nunes, and they were withheld from us during our investigation. But John Durham found them. And what did the notes say? Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok knew, not after the Russia Gate investigation began, but before it began, that it was full of lies and corruption that was paid for by the DNC and Hillary campaign. And I think John Durham's going to put that on blast for the entire world to see. And I think Michael Sussman's going to get convicted at the epicenter of this entire hoax. Wow. And what about other convictions, Cash? Who else are we going to hear from? Yeah. So, look, I think you know that Denchenko, the source is indicted. Um, FBI has already been convicted in this uh, conspiracy. But here's the shocking news that most of the world isn't following in John Durham's pleadings. He has laid out a joint venture conspiracy. Those aren't my words. Those are legal words we use as prosecutors that John Durham placed in his pleadings. And he's outlined the likes of Fusion GPS, the tech uh, executive Jaffe. He has said to a federal judge in open court, that man is still a target of ongoing investigations 
as are others in Clinton world that I believe include Jake Sullivan, the current national security advisor, Podesta, Mook, Mark Elias. Look, what he has done is what Devin was championing from the beginning, leading an investigation based on the truth and only the truth and the facts. And he has put the Clinton campaign and the FBI cabal together in Andy McCabe's office with their own notes to go and lie to an American public, a federal court and surveil a president unlawfully. And then Andy McCabe is quoted in the notes saying, I want this Russiagate investigation to endure a year after it started to perpetuate wow. the lie and the criminality of their conduct. What these people know and what they're focused on is trying to get people to connect everything to being fascist, which is the, which is the mirror again. And we're going to get into that in a little bit more in a minute. But the principle always is to point the finger at the others for what you are so that they don't look at you, right? The entire structure that we're currently dealing with is beginning to unravel. The dominoes are beginning to fall. And it's, it's about time on one hand, but it's going to create a lot of hysteria and a lot of craziness in our country. You're going to see likely more mass shootings. And I don't mean to be doom and gloom on that, but the fact of the matter is that these false flags that they're putting out here, which are driven towards trying to keep people focused on, you know, giving up your gun rights, taking away more of your personal rights, they're doing this because they know what's coming. They know more than ever right now that the awakening is out of control. They have completely lost hold, lost hold of the narrative. And that's really important to understand. And as this begins to unfold, we're going to be seeing more and more desperate attempts on their behalf using all of their means possible to try to destabilize and to deconstruct this entire nation. Remember the quote that I read the other night, an evil enemy will, this is Sun Tzu, by the way, that wrote this, an evil enemy will burn its own nation to the ground to rule over ashes. Now, in respect to what we saw last week, Elon Musk has put the purchase of Twitter on hold why people continue to worship him, I'll, I have no idea. But in the sense of God using evil for good, this is a, an interesting one because that perspective, which came from George News, I think I read this last night, Twitter is done. The lawsuits from advertisers who were lied to regarding real user numbers will be legendary. The quality of demographics, example, annual income, is probably heavily overstated. Elon is a genius. Well, I don't know about that. But True Social is now the new Twitter. So in, in a pretty gangster move that President Trump encouraged Elon Musk to go after Twitter, at least that's what we understand. Um, and there's been some denials on that. But nonetheless, True Social wins, and Twitter's going to be revealed to have been completely manipulated on the entire process, even though Elon Musk's mother is a Satanist and he is a WEF globalist altogether. And and that's something to keep in mind in all of this, that we are dealing a lot with controlled opposition. And with that, they're going to try to constantly keep people's eyes on the two parties. The way out of this is not the two parties. Okay. I want you to hear this perspective, which is really important to have. So controlled opposition is basically what we're dealing with and some people just can't have wrap their heads around it because they, they they have to have this idea that they can get themselves out of it by voting it's the game is rigged you can't do it they're all part of the same team they're all part of the same brotherhood of masons like the idea that you can just kind of vote your way out of that is ridiculous so what 
can we do? Just stop playing the game, become self-sufficient, stop using the government, stop needing the government, stop allowing them to put these crazy rules into your, into your life. You know, all the way through coronavirus, they were saying, do this, do that, do this, wear masks, stand on this square, move at this, you know, do not speak to your neighbors, do not show love and affection to anyone, do not go and visit your gran, do not go to church, do not worship. I've done all of it, still here. So is everyone that I uh, had interactions with, you know, it's called life, I'm allowed to live it. I signed no declaration saying that I wasn't, that I was gonna allow them to ever have that control over my life. If you want them to have that control over your life, you're a simp, there's no other way of putting it. And uh, good luck to you because it's gonna get much worse. They're gonna have you literally changing your house and you'll be, you'll be thanking them for keeping you safe. Madness, you people blow my mind. Um, but talking about controlled opposition, so we've got people like Musk, who's being portrayed as this, uh, this absolute hero uh, to us, you know, saving free speech, stuff like that. Um, or Trump, you know, saving the USA, making America great again. And they gain your trust. What they do is they do great things on the, on the surface and you go, wow, you know, that seems like, uh, seems like an amazing thing. Uh, these seem like good, honest guys. I trust these people. You trust Elon Musk. He sat there on Joe Rogan smoking smoking weed, down to earth guy. You know, I even like the guy. I like Trump, you know. These are, pe these people, these are likable people. But then you look at what actually their gender is and it's not good. Elon Musk, for example, Neuralink, long-term goals of Neuralink is to fuse AI and human consciousness together. Need I say any more about that? Uh, you know, he's at galas with New World Order on, on, on the back of his uh, jacket and still people can't realise that he's uh, part of it, you know. God, no, not Elon. No, yeah, all of them are. If they're on that world stage at that level, they're part of it. Every single one of them. You don't get to that level unless you become part of it. They literally won't let you. That's how, that's how powerful these people are. Mm -hmm. They control everything. You know, even your, your favourite musicians and stuff. If they get up to a high level, you know, people like Jay-Z and J-Lo and... Beyonce and stuff, they, they get in, inducted into it because these people have a lot of influence and they need to be able to control that influence. So the best way of doing that is inducting them into the fraternity. And it's that simple, guys. And it is that simple. And I think that's something that's a perspective we have to keep in mind because the path we're really trying to seek here is the path with God. I had a really interesting email from somebody that writes me. It's a listener and she knows who she is and she writes from Germany. And it was very insightful. And the comment was, she said, I can no longer vote. And, and I have to say, this is a really interesting perspective. She said, I can't vote because God won't let me. And this is her, her writing. And, and it was that she said, I'd, I'm not going to vote anymore to have somebody rule over me. Only God rules over me. Now, you know what? This is a really interesting snapshot at where we are, because every time we vote for an elected official, they are. Literally, we are giving them the right to rule over us. Now, by the Declaration of Independence, that's not really the structure that we are government supposed to work. But that's not the way it currently is working. Currently, government has replaced God. Remember, Declaration of Independence, as it is drafted, puts God on the throne above us. We are below the throne, and government is subordinate to the will of the people. And that's in the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, if you want to know where to go and look for it. And yet, and that's the, one of the most critical founding documents we have in our nation. And yet we continue to vote to put government back on above us, the throne above us, as God is cast out of our nation. 
this is a really important perspective because right now we aren't, until we reassume our power, there is an insurgent body that's ruling over us, dictating to us how we are supposed to be. And there is no, and they are not listening to anything that we say whatsoever. And that's a major, major problem as we go forward. Now, in addition to some of these other news pieces, here's a couple interesting ones as we move into this week. Blood Moon is is tonight and and goes into tomorrow. Obviously, Durham trial begins tomorrow. We we kick off the week with a weekend of mass shootings. China has begun refusing exit from its country of travelers having passports cut and forcing them to stay. Very interesting. And it looks like that's affecting expats as well, or, or foreign nationals, I mean. Here's another interesting uh, post today. Former Pfizer VP Michael Yidon drops bomb, says people who pushed idea of universal vaccination are guilty of crimes against humanity. So you can start to see this thing is unraveling. And whether that is, whatever's driving that is, driving people to start to admit the truth. Dell Bigtree has a piece here. I want you to hear it's three minutes, 21 seconds talking about the nanolipid particles. This is all kind of part of this greater awakening. And so this is when you start to look at their attack on us, which was an asymmetric multi-vectored attack on us, lawfare, political warfare, education, warfare, pharmaceutical, medical warfare, economic warfare, using the media as a reputational warfare. That's one we don't seldom talk about. We, it's one we seldom talk about, which is reputational warfare, using the media to tro- totally disparage somebody, destroy them without any recourse for the person who was disparaged, ruining their lives forever. What we're seeing a counter move now is truth, and truth as a counter move has its own multidimensional and, and multi-vector attack because it starts to hit at every point. The Durham trial surfacing up, that's non-deniable, but they're going to take our massive NPCs out here literally are one of our greatest threats because they're all lumped into this view. They're a godless mass. And that godless mass is walking through this life obedient to this kind of sense of man structures and violence. And that's a problem. So let's take a listen to this piece by Del Bigtree just to bring back into focus, which we shouldn't ever lose focus as to what exactly more information again on what this injection has been doing to people. That lipid nanoparticle in and of itself is inflammatory. It does go everywhere. It was originally designed to take uh, mRNA and or chemotherapeutic agents to organs that are hard to get to, like the brain. If you look at the qualifications on the lipid nanoparticles, they're not for human use. They're for research use only, and yet they've broadly pushed these onto society. We see inflammation from the lipid nanoparticles alone, but we also see that they carry that mRNA particle with them to wherever wherever they land. We're seeing mitochondrial damage in neural tissues. Studies out of Poland showed that, Dr. Clough et al. Um, We are seeing suppression of the immune system. This lipid nanoparticle, this mRNA, making a spike protein, is getting into the immune cells. 
damaging uh, DNA repair mechanisms. What does that look like under the microscope? A decrease of the kind of inflammatory cells you want eating away at a cancer. Now we don't have enough of those cells there. To the point I brought up over a year ago, are we seeing an uptick in cancers? Yes. Why? The lipid nanoparticle, the mRNA, and the spike that it makes is suppressing our immune system. And now we're seeing turbo cancers, wildfire cancers, that would otherwise be kept in check by a competent immune system. These, to Dr. Urso's point, have been slipped under the radar of the zeitgeist and the consciousness of the people. These are dangerous platforms. You cannot control where that lipid goes, and thereby you can't control where that little nucleotide sequence it's carrying goes. Mm -hmm. It is a bad idea from here until forever, until proven otherwise. I mean, the entire argument for it, I mean, and there's been a lot of parents that I've interviewed years before COVID that would say, you know, when they complained that they believed that their the child's brain swelled and the argument was always vaccines don't cross the blood brain barrier. And that I think that's always been something that we, we want to maintain with vaccines, whether it's true or not. But the idea was, and the statement was always vaccines don't cross the blood brain barrier. And you're telling me that the very vehicle with which they're wrapping this technology and the mRNA technology is designed to cross the blood-brain barrier. Absolutely correct. So how is it that they ever make the statement that they believe this thing would stay localized at the, at the space that was shot, which is exactly what they told us. It will be right here, the antibodies, everything will happen in your arm where it's delivered. It's not going to the other organs, certainly not your brain. Was that just a lie from the beginning? Scientific malfeasance. They knew from previous studies, and Dr. Urso in his uh, drug development research has worked with nanoparticles before. He stated many times, and we've known, look, lipid nanoparticles, they're a fat. Your cell membranes are made of fat and they have a positive charge. Your cell surface has a negative charge. They want to fuse wherever they can. They go everywhere. They're like Dr. Urso, I'll quote him again. They're like garlic. They go everywhere. Scientists knew they would not stay in the arm. To have told the people of the world otherwise was a straight-up scientific lie. And this is what's becoming more and more uh, discussed in a wider spectrum of society. Remember what I was saying the other day, and it's very important to, to grasp this, is that taking down a nation with an insurgency is easier than taking it back. And this is really important to grasp because an insurgency only needs about 10%, needs a core 3% and then a, a, a very loyal 10%. And knowing that there'll be another 20 to 30% of the people as sheep that will go along with them if they make enough noise and they're violent enough, and then you'll gain another 10 to 20% of people that just will say, okay, whatever, and maybe more. They'll just give up, and they'll say, well, that's the way it is. I can't do anything about it. We had that happen to us on November 4th, 2020, and we saw that kind of the whole catalyst of this come together on January 20th when the hand puppet Joe Biden was illegally sworn into office by this Congress, and the people went along with it. To a large degree, the base of, of President Trump, which was been uh, probably about 30 percent, stayed loyal. And within that, we've had growing levels of acceptance and awareness. But there is a kind of a common theme, whether it's MAGA, Q, or I will even say Bard's Nation, because all three of those are unique in the way they look at the world. Bard's Nation being the best, of course. And that is the, the point of 
we all agree that President Trump had the election stolen. And that principle now is there's 30% fighting back against 70. In order to take the nation back, there has to be a shift in sentiment. You need your core, which is what is there, but you have to expand out to where the majority of the population accepts that the election was inappropriately handled. Otherwise, it becomes a coup d'etat. And as a coup d'etat, it just becomes a civil war. Arguably, I think that one of the things that's probably very real, we've heard a lot about the scuttlebutt in the um, patriot side of people saying that President Trump signed the Insurrection Act. President Trump has said he never signed the Insurrection Act. I'm going to believe him. And I think that the reason he didn't sign the Insurrection Act is because had he done so, and there were those in his senior administration and those that had his ear that were telling him to employ the military, sign the Insurrection Act. And if you remember back in that discussion, I was I was one that was not encouraging that at all. Because what would have happened is that the nation, again, I go back to those numbers, it would have been a president using the military to count the votes to prove he was the he was the victor. And that base, that solid base underneath him was about 30%. And there was already an acquiescence by a large percentage of the population, well over 50%, that was accepting the election results as they were. That's really important to understand. Because people don't want to deny, they don't want to, they did not want to accept that the elections were fraudulent. I mean, it, it, our founding fathers understood how people were in this this is right where we are in this sentence right here. And this is in Declaration of Independence, paragraph two. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations backing up, hold on a minute, uh, I'll go a little too far down, that prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And, and accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind is more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. And it's then later that goes into, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the, the same object and vices a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government. All right, why that's so important is to get people to that point, even our military, it takes a tremendous amount of awakening for many to realize how deeply corrupt the system is. And that's really what has been happening now over these last two years. And it's been a very difficult process that will continue to be challenging as we move through the summer because we are heading into some very critical moments. The dollar is collapsing. Our prices are, we're in hyperinflation right now. They're trying to sell away our sovereignty by a vote, which is illegal by action. And just to highlight that, there's a really interesting piece here I want to read to you. And it reads this. It says, the law of the land. The general misconception is that any statute passed by legislators bearing the appearance of a law constitutes the law of the land. The U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and any statute to be valid must be in agreement. It is impossible for a law which violates the Constitution to be valid. This is succinctly stated as follows. All laws which are repugnant 
to the Constitution are null and void. This comes from Murbury versus Madison, and that is was done in 1803. How are they getting away with this? Of course, we know they did some major rigging of the Constitution in the Act of 1871, which was in itself illegal. So we're going to go through this increasing war of perception, which is going to try to lead everybody to believing that we are now under the sense of the betterment of the world and our NPCs. And I guess I should highlight that I use that term a lot and just it's common in a lot of the Patriot discussions, but for those who are not familiar with NPC, NPC refers to non-player character. It comes out of the gaming world where you have these players within the game that the computer controls, but we have no, you as a gamer have no control over them. The NPCs, which we are looking at, are this mass of sheep that are out here that every time the media tells them to do something or the government tells them to do something, it's literally Pavlov's dog. They just respond and they do. Okay, I will obey and I will support Ukraine. Okay, I will obey. I will wear a mask. Okay, I will obey. I will get a shot. I mean, that sort of thing, right? And these people have become very formed and conformed by our current state of events. And they are, many of them are in true belief that, one, ideologically they believe that the United States is pure evil. It's run by white racist people. Two, they believe that the uh, capitalism must be destroyed. And three, they believe that the environment is going to completely collapse. And if we don't do something immediately, even kill off human beings, we will not survive. The planet will not survive. So with that, it's very easy to manipulate them into believing whatever you want to, including for the betterment of the world and the protection of the world from the pandemic, pandemic, we need to hand over all of our rights in our medical side which is a backdoor to controlling the country, to the who. That's driving fear into them and using that as a compliance. Remember, fear is one of the worst narcotics. But we do see some increasing awakening in people because these people, and this is all this information we keep sharing, is challenging the left in big ways. Here's a really good perspective on that in 42 seconds, dealing just with our gay and transgender group. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti-transgender. I'm not anti any of these things. What, I'm, what I am anti is propagating your worldview on other people's children. If you're gay and you can't have kids, why do you now believe it's your right to go to other people's kids and tell them how to think? Don't come talk to my kid about it. That's my child. I will program my child with my worldviews. I raise them. I pay for them. They're my kid. They're not your kid. And they're not the government's kid. You've decided that having sex with women isn't worth it for you. You don't want to have children. You want to have sex with men. Fine. Your decision and you're entitled to it. That does not give you the entitlement to go to other people's families who did decide to have children and raise them and try and program their children. Leave the kids alone. And I've said all along, your decision of what your sexual nonsense is, that's in you keep it in the bedroom. It's not a political issue and it sure as heck isn't anything that we bring into the public square, especially with regards to kids. That's at the simple level. I mean, the fact of the matter is biblically it's a sin. And that we'll just leave it there for tonight. But my point is that these sorts of conundrums is what the left is now, the progressive left is now facing. The right to kill children in the Roe versus Wade issue, the right to groom kids in their right that anybody can do everything. They believe on one hand that they should be very anarchist in a way, meaning they should have the right of sovereign each individual to do what they want to do, but it's a group think concept that they can keep getting caught in. 
and they want to propagate their ideas on everybody. They can't coexist unless everybody thinks like them. And that's part of their programming. As we kind of close out tonight, I want to play a five-minute piece here by Greg Reese from InfoWars. It is stellar, and it's going to put all this in context of the war of Ukraine, the belief system that we're dealing with, and this sort of deep cancer that we're facing in this country with regards to what the true Nazism and fascism really is. Zelensky recently described Putin's denazification of Ukraine as laughable, and the brainwashed flock of the mainstream media certainly must agree. They have been told that Nazis wave the American flag and vote Republican, and the brainwashed flock always believe what they are told. But those of us still cleaving to our sanity remember that Nazis were members of Hitler's National Socialist Party from the 1930s and 40s. And not only were there thousands of Nazis in Western Ukraine back then, it is still a big part of their national pride. Nazi war criminal Stepan Bandera is a national hero, and there are actual Nazi organizations still thriving in Ukraine, including the Azov Regiment, which is now a part of Ukraine's armed forces. The Nazification of Ukraine is well-documented and easily verified, as is the Nazification of America. During the 1930s, there were many notable Americans who supported the Nazis, such as Prescott Bush, Henry Ford, and Fred Koch, banks such as J.P. Morgan and Chase Manhattan, companies such as General Motors, Standard Oil, Shell, and IBM. Major General Smedley Butler of the U.S. Marines was asked by these powerful entities to help them install National Socialism in the United States. I appeared before the Congressional Committee, the highest representation of the American people under subpoena to tell what I knew of activities, which I believe might lead to an attempt to set up a fascist dictatorship. I was supposed to lead an organization of 500,000 men which would be able to take over the functions of government. And when that plan failed, war broke out in Europe with the support of the banks and these American corporate entities. After World War II, only about a dozen were brought to justice at the Nuremberg trials. The Catholic Church and the Vatican helped thousands of Nazis evade capture via the rat lines, which brought them mostly to South America, where they built an entire town in Argentina. In Operation Paperclip, the United States secretly absorbed thousands of Nazis into the U.S. government, where they led the NASA space program and helped pioneer the military-industrial complex as well as Big Pharma. Many believe that being a Nazi is synonymous with being anti-Jewish, which may have been true in 1930s Germany, but it's complicated. Many high-ranking Nazis themselves, including Adolf Hitler, were Ashkenazi Jews, who can be traced back to the notorious Khazars, who mysteriously mass-converted to Judaism about 1,300 years ago in the region now known as Ukraine. Ashkenazi Jews ran the political Zionist movement in Germany, and for several years, the Zionists were the only political party allowed to operate inside Germany by the Nazis. Both the Zionists and the Nazis 
wanted their own ethnically pure state. And for years before their final solution, the Nazis helped the Zionists in their efforts to establish the state of Israel within Palestine. It was far more complicated than mere racial hatred. Nazism can best be described as fascism, and fascism is godlessness. The word Nazi is a made-up slur, but the word fascist can be clearly defined. It stems from the Latin word fasces, which is a bundle of sticks banded together to form a deadly weapon, an old-school meme that represents the deadly power of an organized mob, a gang. When men lack a personal relationship with God, they inevitably band together out of fear. Submitting to the strongman for a small taste of dominance, they become just another beast in the jungle. And today, we can clearly see this fascist mentality in all of these godless groups. The woke, the Satanists, the transhumanists, and the genocidal mass murderers of the Great Reset are all merging together into one giant Foskies. Godless men and women banded together out of fear. Fascists serving the strongman. Spiritually speaking, these are the weakest among us. And so far, we are allowing them to destroy everything. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So I'll leave you with this tonight before we do our prayer. If you look on the walls behind the speaker in the house, where the State of the Union is given, the symbol for Foskies, fascist, is a bundle of sticks with an axe. Lo and behold, what goes on each side near the that frames the flag? The symbol for Foskies. Patriots, we have been living in a, an illusion, and they have been putting it right in our face the entire time. They're not hiding it. We just didn't understand the symbolism, and we haven't been paying attention. And that's what we need to do. Let me read this scripture before we close in our prayer. Galatians 5, 13 to 18. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, very this evening, just humbled and very blessed to have a time to reflect, to consider our world, and as always, placing you on the throne back on this nation. Father, in such a time as this, there is a tremendous amount of chaos, and it's increasing. And we pray for any of the victims that have suffered loss or pain this last weekend in these false flag shootings. And we know that there's going to be more of this. And Father, we just pray for the increasing number of people that will wake up to realize what is going on. 
We pray for the many that will realize how much manipulation is being done intentionally to drive them into a proverbial trap or herd them into a corral to control their thinking. And so, Father, we just ask right now more than ever that we'll have the increasing and continuing awakening of hearts and minds and eyes to you and to Christ. This time, Father, is going to be challenging, and it will require a solid footing on the rock of faith. For those that have built their houses on sand, there will be panic. There will be anxiety. There will be fear. As those happen, allow us the opportunity to interact, to provide the wisdom, to provide the stability, to provide the love that only Christ can give, to give calm to the crazy and calm to the chaos and to separate those that are truly seeking and willing to seek from those that have been lost to the darkness. Father, this time now more than ever, a sword has been cast to the world as you have done. And we are seeing the byproduct of that increasingly each day. There will not be an ability for someone to stand in the middle. Again, Father, as those opportunities arise, we pray that you will offer us those moments, those interactions, the words, and the blessing to interact with as many as possible, to lift their hearts, to lift their eyes so that they can see you, feel you, and be guided to that love of Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to need to continue to be vigilant in our approach towards extending a hand to those that are going to be lost in much of what's coming. In my opinion, there's no avoiding a mass challenging event. It's coming, whether it's going to be the collapse of the dollar, whether it's going to be the mass revelations of truth. I witnessed that at Bards Fest last year with somebody that was confronted with a mass amount of truth when one of the speakers detailed out aspects of a particular drug that had ended up, that was the real reason that had killed her husband. When that hit her and that realization hit her, it was emotional, it was traumatic, and it was almost disorienting. So I I would just caution us all to keep level-headed, to keep things going, Steadily. Kaylee McKinnon, McKinney, McKinney, I can't even say it. Kaylee McKinney wrote this, and I don't have a date on it, but I find it interesting. So I would just say, I, remember, all things are open. Keep your head on a swivel. Soon, at any moment, a turn of events will trigger the unbelievable. Our entire government will be invalidated. Biden, Harris, members of Congress, and the Supreme Court will be removed. Laugh if you want. There will be a temporary coup d'etat with new elections, a new beginning. We all know in the heart of hearts that things are coming to a climax. I don't know if it'll be that or something else. But we're coming into some very challenging times. We must continue always to stay to the side of politics and the crazy and walk truly in that love of Christ and love of God. 
we become the anchors for the many. And each one of us carries that amazing gift and opportunity that God gave us. And it's for that reason, in my opinion, that we are here. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Prayers right now more than ever to build that amazingly intimate relationship with Father. He's pouring out his love and his wisdom, and we each need it. And there's never enough of it to tell you. But God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. To walk fearlessly, to occupy the land, and to expand the kingdom. Mission forward, patriots. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now Get